This season, we're so thankful for the sponsorship of New Growth Press, publishers of a powerful little book by Ed Welch called A Small Book About a Big Problem, Meditations on Anger, Patience and Peace. In his introduction, Ed encourages you to take the book slowly, reading one of its very small chapters each day, letting the challenge and truths within it really root themselves in your heart. And it is absolutely doing the job in mine. It's a heart-searing read, but in a really helpful way, as he shows us more of our problem with anger, peace and patience, and more of the riches of the gospel in Christ. It's a book that's changing me, challenging me and comforting me all in one. Grab your copy at tenofos.com. Welcome to Two Sisters and a Cup of Tea. My name is Felicity and I'm in the States and this is my sister Sarah. She's in the UK and we are carrying on in our season in Titus. This episode we're jumping back into chapter 1 verses 10 through to 16. Sarah, great to see you. What is in the cup today? Normal cup of tea today, but I've had a bit of a biscuit disaster, it has to be said today. Wow. A disaster associated well, with biscuits. Well, you judge you judge for yourself. So um <laughs> someone from our house group left some biscuits here last night. So I offered them to the kids at tea. Um and uh they they're almond cookies, they were called. And the kids were like, Oh, one of them was like, I don't like almonds, so how much exactly how much almond has it got in it so I can be sure that I want it or not? I was like, Oh, you should just taste it. So I tasted some first. <laughs> and then they're like, No, can you just look on the ingredients and tell us? I was like, Okay. Uh so I looked on the ingredients and this is what it said. The first ingredient was wheat flour, the second ingredient was sugar, the third ingredient was pork lard. <laughs> yes you heard that right pork lard but, and it wasn't until the fifth ingredient that almonds came for an almond cookie when did you ever think that you had to check an almond cookie for meat content that that is actually outrageous i Isn't it? i just did not expect any and sort I've been of sausage a little bit funny ever since <laughs> It just, just raises the question. I <laughs> can't believe there's been meat in my cookie tonight. <laughs> raises the question of how many other meat-fueled cookies and biscuits there are out there. I don't even want to think about it. Awful. Just, oh, oh dear me. <laughs> I can't believe it. So I've thrown the rest away. <laughs> Have you? <laughs> yeah. Wow. And for now... No one and- touched them. No one touched them after that. And um, my husband's allergic, so... <laughs> safe to say no one's yeah, but are you but you could be robbing yourself of some future biscuit joy i mean we don't know how much meat there is in other biscuits there's more than <laughs> almonds in an almond cookie there that's enough for me i'm i'm done there <laughs> i see that i see anyway, that right we're having we're talking about some questions this season aren't we of what it looks like to get the bible open with others whether we've been doing it for years or whether we might just be thinking about it for the first time Felicity, our question today is the how question. How should I get the Bible open with someone? Okay, so the how actually getting to the point of you thought it's quite a good idea and you're thinking, how do I actually go about it? I would say the first thing, pray. Pray for yourself to have the boldness. Pray for wisdom as to who to ask. Pray for the opportunity to ask that person. So you've prayed. Mm-hmm. And then you ask. And I think that asking can be something just as simple as, I really like reading the Bible. I like doing it with someone else. Oh, do you fancy it? Mm-hmm. Or I heard about it on this podcast. They said it was a good idea. I've never done it. Do you want to give it a go? Like just be as, you can be as low key on that mm-hmm. as, as you like. And then pray again, I would say. Pray before you get the Bible open. 
because God is then going to work through his word. And then actually you just read a portion mm. of scripture. And that can be any any bit of scripture, really. A great starting point might be um, to listen to this podcast together or separately and then come together and discuss it. We know a number of people who have been doing that. And if that would help to kind of get you into doing it, like go for it. That would be a really good way of doing it. What would you add, Sarah? Anything else? Yeah, that's a pretty pretty good summary, I think. Um, and emphasis on the prayer, isn't it? That it's God's the one who's going to work and he's the one who's going to thrill your hearts as you open it um, together. I often just come with some simple questions to ask of a passage as I'm reading it. Um, so asking the what, what does it say? Just reading it slowly. What does it say? Asking that of one another as you as you open it up together. Why does it say it? What are the whys? What's going on here? Why is why is the writer saying something? And then asking the so what? What so what for the readers then and the readers now um, in this room as we chat over our cup of tea? What does it actually mean for my heart right now? Um, so I think yeah, just some simple questions to get you going. Um, but yeah, I think I think you covered it really with what you, what you said. Yeah, should we do it? Should we get in? Let's do it. Yeah. Would you mind reading for us, Sarah? I'd love to. So we're in chapter one and we're reading verses 10 to 16. For there are many rebellious people full of meaningless talk and deception, especially those of the circumcision group. They must be silenced because they are disrupting whole households by teaching things they ought not to teach and that for the sake of dishonest gain. One of Crete's own prophets has said it. Cretans are always liars, evil brutes, lazy gluttons. This saying is true, therefore rebuke them sharply so that it will be sound in the faith and will pay no attention to Jewish myths or to the merely human commands of those who reject the truth. To the pure, all things are pure, but to those who are corrupted and do not believe, nothing is pure. In fact, both their minds and consciences are corrupted. They claim to know God, but by their actions they deny him. They are detestable, disobedient and unfit for doing anything good. It's quite an ending there, isn't it? <laughs> oh, it doesn't mince his words, does it? No, he? but let's go back to the beginning. So we have this contrast, don't we? So we last uh, passage, we were being presented with this is what is good. This is what a good gospel leader looks like. And here mm-hmm. we have the opposite. We have the the problem, basically. So mm-hmm. what is what is the rebellion? So we've got verse 10 there. For there are many rebellious people. Do you want to just help us see what the problem is? Yes. So I think the problem, well, the problem is that there's many rebellious people. They're full of nonsense. They're full of meaningless talk and deception. They're intentionally deceiving whole households by what they're teaching for the sake of dishonest gain. So the heart motivation, the character behind what they're doing is really deceitful. It's really um, disruptive. It's very dangerous. Um, in what they're doing but the big surprise of the rebellion if you read it at the end of verse 10 especially those of the circumcision group this is a group that look like they're doing good things this is a group that are religious this is a group who are seem to be the obedient ones the ones who are going above and beyond the law and who are not what you typically class as rebellious isn't that so surprising? Yes. And I think for the, <laughs> the listeners, it would have been, you know, because even in verse 12, we have this kind of one of Crete's own prophets said, Cretans are 
liars, evil British. And I can imagine the circumcision group, the religious kind of legalists being like, those Cretans, that's what they're like. And Mm. Paul here is saying, do you know what? You belong in that crowd. Yeah, lumping them in the same box as the licentious kind of behaviour of the culture around them. Yeah, which is, I think that is so clarifying for us that both of those things, licentiousness meaning that you just doing whatever you like mm-hmm. and then legalism so you're just sticking to kind of essentially human instruction or like religious instruction rather than grace how, how would you define legalism i think he i think he does for us here in verse 14 he says pay no t- um to jewish myths or to merely human commands and what is it doing as they do that they're rejecting the truth so actually religious legalism here is the is a belief and your actions that are actually rejecting the knowledge of the truth that leads to godliness. Um, and that's, yeah. And it, and it, so he kind of says that in verse 14 and it, it kind of, he then kind of, it gets more and more damning as he goes down, doesn't it? <laughs> so by the end, he says in verse 16, they claim to know God, but by their actions, they deny him. They're detestable, disobedient, and unfit for doing anything good. So there's, I mean, what what an indictment yeah. <laughs> by that point. So there's a, I think that's really helpful. So going against the truth, like you're denying the truth. And what we've heard as we've been going through this chapter is the truth is the thing which leads to godliness. And that's the yeah. gospel hitting the heart. And so then if you're not running with the gospel, which is essentially grace through Jesus, like you're going for the externals rather than the internals. Mm. It's not that you're kind of vaguely on the same path. Actually, that is taking you in an opposite direction. Yes, because whilst your words may claim to know God, your actions, you're denying him. And that's just, that's that's stark, isn't it? That is a really stark description. And I think it's really stark that he uses the word detestable. And I think, you know, we've just, we've just been in a big season in Deuteronomy, haven't we, where detestable was used frequently towards the hideous idolatry in the nations around them. And to to use such a powerful word to describe the legalists here, to describe those rebellious people who, yeah, are paying attention to human commands and Jewish myths over and above the knowledge of the truth. That's that's it's really dangerous what they're playing with, isn't it? Yes. And do you know, I read that and I hear that and I think, oh no, but I have some legalist tendencies. I think, is it worth just um, clarifying that in verse 11 here, they're teaching things they want to teach and that for the sake of dishonest gain. So it's not just, we're all mm. tempted towards legalism, aren't we? I, yeah. I'm just making a blanket assumption there that you're the same as me on this. Yeah. <laughs> but so, but actually there is a malicious intent behind this in the kind of dishonest gain. There's a bit of a power play going on. Would you say like, so there's a warning to us about our legalism. Yeah, definitely. There's a warning, but you've got to take the, the the motives behind this legalism are are really dishonoring to anyone around them. They're disrupting whole households, and it's for yeah, for the sake of dishonest gain. There's nothing good about what yeah. they're doing, um, and there's nothing. There's nothing, and so I guess. And I guess that's the striking thing, isn't it? How obvious was it? How obvious was it to the church? Like, because they can't be displaying the characteristics of what we've just seen in the elders above. And yet they might have been kind of faking some of them. You don't know. Yeah. 
Um, But actually what they're doing, he says it's unfit for doing anything good. It's completely worthless. If you're not, if you're not kind of rooted in the truth, it's completely worthless. It's not producing anything that's good. Um, And it's not being helpful at all in any way. And yeah. And I just, it's just, it's really sobering. But yeah, I think it's the motive behind what they're doing that we, yeah, you can't, again, I think like what I was saying last time, you can't just draw a straight line to to the elders and you actually no we were saying actually the the driving to our heights first pray pray for our leaders and actually i think that is one of the applications again here because leaders be able, need to be able to discern when there are false teachers in the midst don't they they need to be able to discern so that verse 13 they can rebuke them sharply. Mm-hmm. And actually, if you're not rooted in the truth yourself as an elder, as a leader of a church family, if you're not rooted and established and nourished by that gospel and continuing to grow in it, there's no way that you can spot when fake fakes are in your midst. Yeah, that's so true. And I love actually the second half of verse 13 there, um, rebuke, refute, so that they will be sound in faith and will pay attention. Mm. There's a kind of bringing back, isn't there? Like mm-hmm. that, this rebuking, like discerning and spotting it and calling it out would then have the effect of bringing someone back to the, the truth, the real truth. So there's there's hope in the midst of it rather than it being a kind of, that's it, you're done. Yeah, for. that's so right, actually. That is real grace, isn't it? It's not just rebuke them and be done with them, is it? Yeah. Like it's so that, that they will be sound in the faith. Yeah, that's... I hadn't really seen that in that way before. That's really helpful. So let's let's kind of drive it to our hearts a little more. So really helpful to get going on that idea of praying for our elders to have discernment and to I think to have boldness to to call out the false teaching. I think it's really helpful to see the impact of it. That kind of prompts more desire for the for the truth, I think, for godliness. How else yeah. how I I was thinking as I was mulling on it this week, um while we're not quite in the same bracket as these kind of dishonest gain legalists. I definitely am tempted towards legalism or rule keeping externals in order to better things. Mm. And I think this has sort of prompted me to go back to the gospel, like to go back to God's work through the truth rather than my own actions. Yeah. And I think that is it, isn't it? Like we're all tempted to kind of do that tick box um, part of our faith to say, oh, oh, I'm done for the day. I've, I've done, you know, I've read my Bible and I've prayed and okay, on with my day kind of thing. Um, and that's just a very simple part of a tick box Christianity in that way, isn't it? But um, actually, the fact that the power, the power of changed hearts is all in the knowledge of the gospel and growing in our knowledge of the gospel. That is the thing that leads to godliness in chapter one, verse one. That is the thing that, um, that that is the fuel that is the motivation for any ways that we are going to grow in godliness and do good to others um and the moment that we rely on ourselves and on a human command um to enable that work to happen is the moment that we're actually denying the truth of the gospel aren't we that we can't do it without god at work um and i love just going back to chapter one verse two the gospel is from the god who does not lie he is he is the god of truth and so what these false teachers are doing they're denying the truth they're denying by lying being dishonest um and so of course godliness isn't going to flow from that and i think just uh, the more that we grasp that 
godliness can only flow from from the gospel um impacting our hearts the more that we'll want to strive to be growing in that gospel won't we and yeah yeah Yeah, i think that's right and i think if you take our passage today and the passage last week the attractiveness like like the contrast between Mm. godliness and ungodliness is so stark isn't it and it makes me want to be godly it makes me want to have godly elders it makes the godliness that comes from the truth all the more appealing and so i'm more desiring of it i'm prompted to run back to the truth again and again if externals don't bring about good Mm. i i really i really want good i really want the godliness that's described here in the first half of chapter one so i think it kind of just pushes me back again to that same truth yeah definitely but it will yeah and pushes you back like just trying to drive that a bit more to a heart actually it pushes me back to realize i'm not those things without the lord desperately at work in my heart because this you know going back to that list in chapter one and the kind of general call in the letter for godliness and doing good i'm so far from that but actually in his grace and by his strength i can strive um yeah to to aim towards the blamelessness that we're we already are in christ isn't it um Do you want to pray for us, Sarah, in in that way? Yeah, I'd love to. Father, we thank you so much that you um, give us these warnings in your word, in these letters that help us to really see what's at stake when the gospel is not motivating and fueling hearts. Lord, we 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 pray. We pray for churches around the world. We pray for our own churches. Lord, the gospel is at stake. Eternal life is at stake when false teachers um, pursue dishonest gain and are full of meaningless talk and deception. And so we pray for elders. We pray, Lord, please, would you help them to be discerning, that they would be so grounded in the truth that they would be able to rebuke those they see who are false teaching. Lord, we pray for real um, desire in church families to keep growing in godliness as they see the value of rooting themselves in the knowledge of the gospel, because that is the thing that will lead to godliness. Lord, we pray this for your glory. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Sarah. Well, it's definitely not Deuteronomy, isn't it? it like we're already one chapter yeah. in. There's only two more chapters to go, but it's it's I full. Know. I think. Do you find um like in Deuteronomy we're doing like a few chapters at a time, and we're suddenly only doing a few verses, and um it's different. It's yeah. a different kind of thing, isn't it? <laughs> Talking about it, it just is a different vibe. And what's going to happen is it will just get into it, and then it'll be like the end yeah (laughs) so true so true well if you've been enjoying this season or any season please do leave us a rating and a review wherever you listen to your podcast it just helps more people um, hear about us and get into the word for themselves Um, and we will see you next time looking forward to it see you next time bye we're so thankful for the sponsorship of new growth press this season 